Grab a seat. Amen. I want to welcome you to uh, Summit today. Uh, if you are here for the very first time, my name's Mark. I'm the lead pastor. We're just excited to have you here with us today. And um, uh, I want to say to you, if you are here for the very first time, uh, right outside those doors is our welcome table. We've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests, returning guests. And I would love to point you, everybody in our church, I would love to point you to this card. Every week when you come, you find this in your seat, and you might think, well, this is just a card. It didn't seem that significant. Uh, Listen, every single week, let me tell you what happens every Monday. Every Monday, a group of us, uh, we get together early on Monday morning, and we go through every single card. We pray over every card that we get. Uh, We try to respond to every single prayer request that we get. We respond to people that we we think weren't here uh, for one reason or another, and we just and we really try to respond to these cards, to the decisions that are made. And the only reason I share that is because every single week, what happens on these cards is a lot of people. Um, you you might look at this and you ah oh, well, this is just me putting my name on a card. Every week, there are people who put their heart and their blood and their sweat. They just pour it out on these cards. I mean, literally, uh, I can think of some here in the past two weeks where people have just opened their hearts up and just shared intimate details in their life. And you might be sitting there thinking, man, I would love to tell somebody exactly what's going on in my life, uh, but I don't know how people would react. I want to tell you, at the end of our service, we always give everybody a couple of moments to fill this out. And if you put exactly where you're at, maybe that struggle, that thing, uh, that thing that you need to surrender, I don't know what it is. If you put it on that card and you're like, what will people do? I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, One, we will love you. Two, we will pray for you. We will reach out to you and let you know that, hey, you know what? You are on the journey with us. We're not judging you. We don't think that we're, that we're better than you, and we want to help you follow Jesus right now in this season. And we just want to come alongside of you. So I would just encourage you to do that. Maybe you do need to surrender to something. Maybe there's something, hey, I just need to talk to somebody, or God is doing this in my life. Put it on this card, but here's what I would also say. Put your name on it. Put your name on this card so that here at the, at, later on tomorrow, we can just follow up and just love you and just help you right now, man, in this season. We always do that at the end of the service, so hang on to these. Let's see what God uh, is going to do um, today. We're excited about today. We're going to kick off a new series. I'm going to show a video here to set this up, um, but I'll tell you what, uh, Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, made, uh, Lindsay made reference to, to it earlier. Um, I want to pray one more time. I want to pray for, uh, for our city, for our community um, there are a lot of people right now this morning with the rain that we've got this weekend that we're still getting. And man, it is impacting a lot of people. I know a lot of people that uh, I was getting messages this morning. I'm not going to be able to come. My house is getting flooded or, or this is happening. Uh, I heard that Main Street downtown is possibly being flooded. And it, it's, it, there's a lot of things happening right now. And uh, man, when, when this, we, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. But we are also going to pray that God would give us an opportunity to show people the hands and feet of Jesus, the love of Jesus. So we're going to pray, but we're also going to pray that God would give, us our, give our church an opportunity to serve people and to love people. Because, man, there's going to be some people who need to be loved and cared for in a way that only the church can in the next coming days because of what's happening. Okay? Not just our church, but every church. All right? So I'm going to pray. And uh, when I'm done, we'll show this video. All right? Let's pray. God, I pray, for, I pray for our city, I pray for our community, our county, uh, I pray for Eastern Kentucky this morning, God, as so many people are waking up, or maybe they were up all night, and, and they, they're, they're looking at uh, things going on, they're, they're, maybe somebody's lost their house, they're, in the, they're, they're scared that that's going to happen, the water is rising, and they don't know what to do. God, your word says that you are a very present help in times of trouble. And God, I pray that right now, people who are, who are dealing with those kind of issues, God, that, that the weather is just really impacting their life. Maybe they're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe they don't worship you. But God, even right now, you would draw them to you. God, even right now, they would cry out to you in a way that only you can. And, and Holy Spirit, that you would respond and that you would save today. God, I pray that you would use the church, not just this church. We want to be a part of it, but but God, the church, use the church of Jesus in Eastern Kentucky. God, today and over the next couple of days, whatever needs arise that we can meet, God, that we would meet those needs, that we would go to people and love them and share Jesus with them, and we would, uh, we would uh, give whatever needs we possibly can that, that God need to be met, that God, we would, in Jesus' name, meet those needs. This is an opportunity for the church to step up, and God, that we would. 
God, that we would love and serve our community. I just pray for God. Many people in our church are impacted by what's happening right now as we're in here today. Uh, Many people in our city are. And Father, we pray your presence in their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. This video is gonna set up exactly what we're gonna talk about this morning. So go ahead, turn it up. Check this out. Dad actually died. He uh, committed suicide, uh, and that was that was a, a pretty hard thing for me. I mean, it wasn't like a something that was expected necessarily. It was it was rough. Um, our family uh, took it real hard. What happened was uh, we were at school, and my mom was at work. Um, I guess he was in the bathroom using the restroom, uh, and for some reason he had a gun in his hand. But uh, that afternoon, I actually went out and saw a play with some friends, and uh, I got uh, several phone calls from, from my sister, and, and when I finally picked up, she was in a, a crazy you know, frenzy of, of, of tears and emotion. I honestly didn't know what to believe it, or didn't know what to think at first, because she was just saying, get home, Christian, get home as fast as you can. There were a million thoughts that, that flashed through my mind at that point, but one that really uh, hit me for some reason was that my dad was dead. And whenever I got home, my thoughts were confirmed. Um, I found my mom uh, crying on, on the, uh, you know, in hysterics at, on the couch. Uh, there were several police cars outside um, going through stuff. And my mom and sister had actually both walked in and to the bathroom and, and saw um, yeah, what had happened. And, and uh, so it's just, it's been hard. I was hurt that, that he did that to, and left us and, and left our family. Um, and I was, I was really definitely upset at, at God at first for, for like, why, why would this happen? Especially to one of, you know, someone who, who loves him and, and a family who tries to serve him as much as possible kind of thing. Our, our youth pastor came over and, and talked to us and really um, shared words of wisdom that, that he had, you know, got from the Bible. And... Whenever he was talking, I realized that this wasn't God's fault. There, there was one specific passage of the Bible where, where it says, um, he'll bring you through trials, and through trials builds perseverance, and through perseverance, proven character. Uh, I realized that, that I have to lean on God in this situation. Uh, I've had a few friends who, who've been struggling with, with things, uh, you know, some pretty, pretty major things like depression and, and uh, thoughts of, uh, of suicide and stuff like that, and I've just... I've shared with them how helpful God has been, how, how much he has helped me get through it. I let them borrow my Bible and, and um, gave them a few, few verses to, to read over. And oh, it's, it's been incredible to watch what, what God has done with them and how much, you know, I, I guess I, how good I feel about pointing them in the right direction. All right, guys. Hey, I want you to go ahead and grab a Bible and I want you to go ahead and open it up to James chapter one. All right, so go ahead and grab a Bible, turn it on on your phone. Uh, if you don't have one, they're free in the back. You can grab one on your way out. Don't have to ask for one, just grab it. That's our gift to you. Uh, but man, we are in James one. We're kicking off a new series that I'm really excited about uh, this morning called Own It. And this is a series unlike any other series that we've ever done. And I'll tell you what sets this series a part is that we're gonna go through the entire book of James. Uh, we're gonna go through every chapter. We're gonna hit every verse. So we're gonna go through the entire book of James. It's gonna take us about eight weeks to do this. And the reason that we are going through the book of James is because we are starting a series through that book called Own It. Now, if you were here for our last series, launch, hopefully that, those two words, own it, uh, that kind of sounds familiar to you based off what we just talked about, about about being disciples, being followers of Jesus, launching into following him. And what James is all about, James is all about owning your faith no matter what comes. Having Having a real, authentic faith in Jesus no matter where you're at and no matter what life throws at you. And so, so today we are in James, we're going to be in James chapter 1, and James is writing to a group of Christians that have been dispersed. You're going to see that actually in the very first uh, verse of James chapter 1. These Christians have been dispersed, they've been scattered from their families, from their friends, they're in different parts of the world because of their faith. 
And they're being persecuted. They're hurting right now. And so they've been dispersed and James is writing to them. Now maybe you've never heard of James or you don't know a lot about James uh, in the Bible. Here's the one thing that I think that if if I told you about James, I think this is the one thing that you'll remember. It's this. James is the half brother of Jesus. All right. Now how many of you have a brother? Raise your hand. Have a brother. Okay. Look at that. A lot of people. Put your hands down. What would it take for your brother to convince you that he's God? A lot, right? A lot. So, man, that's powerful proof that Jesus was who he said said he was when his brother buys it, okay? So Jesus' brother here is a follower of Jesus, and here he is. This is a book that he wrote, and this is all about having authentic faith. He's writing to these Christians about what it means to have real faith. And so let me ask you this question as we're just diving in to this big series. What if you were to write a letter or send a a Facebook message or you're going to put something on Twitter or Instagram, Snapchat, and you're going to send something to some friends or a group of people, and the reason that you're going to contact them or write them is you want to give them something about what real faith looks like. You want to give them something, man, you want to put something in their hands that they can read and say, oh man, this is what it looks like if you know Jesus. This is what your faith in Jesus is going to look like. Listen, if you were going to write something like that, what's the first thing that you would want to talk to somebody about? What's the first thing? I mean, if you were going to write a letter to a group of people, maybe to a whole church, about, about real faith in Jesus and how to have real faith, how to own it, what's the first thing you'd write about? Maybe you'd, write about, um, maybe you'd write about reading the Bible, right? That's good. Or, or maybe uh, you would write about worship. Uh, maybe you would write about prayer. Well, here's what James did. James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that James writes about that you and I need to know if we are gonna own our faith and follow Jesus no matter what, the first thing that James talks about are trials. So if you got a Bible, We're in James chapter 1, starting in verse, which one? 1, going through verse 12. All right, we're going to go through the whole book. All right, today we're in the first 12 verses of James chapter 1. Let's go. Let's read it. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Verse 9, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers with the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also the rich man fades away in the midst of his pursuit. Verse 12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so James, right out of the gate, James wants to talk about your and my, our trials. So here's a good question. What's a trial? What is a trial? Well, you can think about it this way. A tri- imagine a trial this way. Imagine that you are the author of your life, okay? And as the author of your life, I mean, you can just write the whole story, every relationship you have, encounter, experience. You're the author of your life. You get to say how your life goes. Okay, well, trials are anything that you would leave out of that story. That's what trials are, right? Because, I mean, think about it. If, we were the, if, if I was the author of my life, bro, I would make sure that Mark Holmes has the easiest life imaginable. Wouldn't you? I mean, if you were the author of your life, if you were the commander, really, of your ship, you would make sure that you had the best life, the easiest life, the most comfortable life you could possibly have, and you would leave every trial out of it. Well, James talks about trials right out of the gate, and he says this in verse 2. Verse two, He says, when you encounter trials of various kinds, and what that means is that trials come in different sizes, don't they? Some trials are small. Other trials are really big. I mean, trials can range from anything to someone driving in traffic at the speed that you don't think that they should be driving uh, to. 
In fact, you think they should be going at least 100 miles an hour faster, right? Trials can be anything from that to, to all of a sudden you get the diagnosis that you thought you would never get. Trials can be anything as small as losing your keys in the morning to something as big as losing a loved one with no warning whatsoever. Trials are anything in your life right now that hurts. Trial, trials are anything in your life right now that brings you pain, that brings you discomfort. Trials are anything in your life right now that you find annoying. Don't look at them. Right? Trials are anything that keeps you up at night. Trials are anything you, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you've got this thing in your life. See, here's the reality about every single one of us this morning, whether we're here watching online, we're listening. Listen, there's a lot of you I don't know, but here's what I know about every single person. You either just went through a trial, or you're in one right now, or you're about to walk through one. Every one of us. Every one of us will experience some kind of trial. Every one of us, as much as we try to avoid it, the brokenness of this world, if you and I, if we're really going to own our faith, you and I, we've got to know that the brokenness of this world is going to make its way into our lives. And here's the thing, when trials come into our lives, when trials, when pain, suffering comes into our lives, here's what happens. The devil's going to whisper to you, if God loved you, he wouldn't let that happen. And listen, if the devil won't tell us that, then we will tell us that, won't we? If the devil won't lie to me, then I will lie to me. And here's how I hear it all the time. I hear this a lot. Here's what I hear all the time. Mark, I was doing everything right. Why did God do that? Mark, I was doing everything right. Mark, I was coming to church. I was reading my Bible. Mark, I was giving. I was serving. Why did God let that happen? And listen, we would never say this, but when we talk that way, here's what that subtly shows. What it shows is that somewhere deep in our heart, we thought when we got saved, we made a deal with God that we would do the right things if God would keep all the pain away. And God never makes that promise. God never makes that pact with us. Listen, you want to talk about somebody that did everything right and still suffered? Man, look at Jesus, right? Look at Jesus. Jesus, perfect, sinless man, betrayed by his friends, homeless, tortured to death on a cross. See, trials are going to come in our lives. It's inevitable that pain is going to touch me. It's inevitable that brokenness is going to touch our lives. The question is, what will we do when trials come? What, what will we do when pain, when disappointment, when setback, when life hurts? What are you going to do? Can I tell you what a lot of people do? And I've seen it, we've seen it. Dozens of times in six years in this church. Can I tell you what a lot of people do? A lot of people, as soon as pain comes into their life, they quit God, they quit church, they quit faith, and they walk away. So when pain comes into your life, when trials come into your life, the question is, what are you going to do? And look at what James says. James tells us exactly what we ought to do when trials come into our lives. Verse 2, count it all. What's the next word? Anybody? Joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count all trials as joy. Now listen, when I read that, my first response is, what is he smoking? Trials as joy? There's no way. Now listen, listen. When James says count all your trials as joy, here's what he doesn't mean. He doesn't mean be weird. Do you know what I mean? Right? You know what I mean, don't you? He doesn't mean be weird. So I'm, I'm talking about Christians who put this fake smile on their face and life is just beating the living daylights out of them, but they walk around, they've got this fake smile. Brother, I'm blessed. It couldn't get, it couldn't get better. Right? And you're looking at them, you're like, bro, yes, it could get better, actually. Your life seems like crap. Right? Hello? Just being real. What are you going to do? Listen, how are we going to have joy in the middle of our trials? And listen, listen, as a preacher, can I just tell you, I have preached funerals of people, of kids, and their moms and their dads stood at the graveside of their sons and daughters, and they are broken, and they are weeping, but with tears in their eyes, those moms and dads who are followers of Jesus are still talking about the goodness and the greatness of God, even in the midst of their pain. 
Man, I have counseled so many people, and some of you are in this church, and you lost your job or you lost that thing, and you were at the bottom of your rope, and you were still talking about how God is faithful. So listen, is this hard? Absolutely. But with the Spirit of God in your life, this is not impossible. Your faith doesn't have to shrivel up and die when you're hurting. You don't have to walk away from God when pain comes in your life. I am telling you, based on the authority of the Word of God Summit, you can have joy in the middle of your trials. So the question is how? How can you have joy in the middle of your trials? Well, James gives us a couple of different ways. So if you're, keep, if you're taking notes, you want to follow along, you might want to write these down. There's several different ways that you and I can have joy in the middle of our trials, no matter what the trials are. Big trials, little trials, it doesn't matter what they are. We can have joy in our trials if we do what James is calling us to do. And the first thing that James says is we need to believe that trials have a purpose. We need to believe that trials have a purpose. Look at the next verse, verse three. For you know. Your Bible might say the word because. That word for or because, it's a connecting word. It connects what he already said about counting all trials as joy to what he's about to say. He says, listen guys, count all your trials as joy. For you know, you know what I'm about to say and watch what he says. You know that the testing of your faith, like he said in the video, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, if you wanna have joy in the middle of your trials, you've gotta believe that every trial has a purpose and the purpose is that God wants to use every trial in our lives to strengthen and deepen our faith. Let's just, let's be real clear at the beginning, all right? I get this question every time we talk about these things. God is not the ultimate cause for every evil in your life and in the world. You can't blame 9-11 on God. You, You can't blame every single broken thing in your life and in the world on God. But God is sovereign. What that means, that's a big theological word, and what sovereign means, if you don't know, I don't think I know what that means. What sovereign means, it simply means this, God is in control. And here's what it means that God is in control, and why this is a pillow you can lay your head on, man, when life hurts, all right? Here's why that's that's a big deal. Because God is in control, God can take the pain and suffering that you and I are gonna experience in this world and turn it for good. And, And turn it and use it in our lives to strengthen, deepen, and mature our faith. So many times when we're hurting, when life hurts, we look around and we say, where is God? And listen, what we need to know is God was there the whole time. Man, if the cross of Jesus teaches us anything, it's that when God's people hurt, God draws near. God doesn't walk away from you in your pain. He draws near to you in your pain. And so when life hurts, man, when you are in the middle of some kind of trial, absolutely pray that God would change the situation. Absolutely pray that you would get healed. Absolutely pray that God would provide and deliver and give you a way out. Pray that God would change the situation, but also pray that God would change you in the middle of that situation. See, one of the ways that God uses trials in our lives is that every trial that comes into our life, it reveals to us areas that you and I need to grow in. Our hearts are exposed when we walk through a trial. So maybe God looks at you and God says, you know what, you need to grow in patience. And so God can use a driver who's going 25 in the middle of a 55 in your life, right? And and all kinds of stuff's coming out of you in that moment, things that we can't talk about because we're in church. And in that moment what the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you know what, I would love to help you with that. Or, or, or you're, you're a person, you love to be in charge. You love to be in charge. You have to have everything go your way. And then someone you love gets sick and you can't do anything about it. And in that moment, God is revealing your heart and God wants to take you deeper into, into showing, showing you that he's faithful, that he's good, that you can trust him. And so God in that moment wants to deepen and mature your faith. See, listen to me. If our suffering and trials, if they're just a series of meaningless, random events, then there's no way that you can have joy. But if even our trials submit to Jesus and he can turn those for good, then I want to say to you today, joy is on the table no matter what you're going through. It's on the table for us, right? So, but we got to believe, we got to believe that every trial has a purpose. But not only that, we need to ask God for wisdom. If we're going to have joy, we've got to ask 
God for wisdom. I love what he says here in verse five. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it'll be given to him. Man, the number one question people ask when life hurts, when things don't go their way, when they lose their job, when they get sick, when the bottom falls out, the number one question everybody asks is, why? Do you know why we ask that? It's simple, because we don't know what's happening. The reason we ask why is because we, we can't get to the bottom. We want answers, and nobody is giving us answers. We don't know what's going on. And listen, you and I, we're not going to have just one why moment in our lives. We are going to have a series of why moments. And every time those things come, you and I, we need supernatural wisdom from God. We need God to reveal to us, to show to us, to speak to us, to tell us things that naturally we wouldn't know unless God gave us that kind of wisdom. Man, when you're suffering, you need wisdom to know that God's got a purpose in that trial and God can use it to strengthen your faith. You need, that is wisdom to know. When, when you are hurting, you need wisdom to hold on to your faith and not walk away from God. When, when you are suffering, you need wisdom to know what God wants you to do. You need wisdom to know what the next step is. You and I, we need wisdom from God. And I love what he says here. He says, ask God for wisdom and it will be given to him. Verse six, he says this, let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. See, here's the deal. God wants to give you wisdom to help you walk through every trial and every season of our lives, but God is not just simply gonna give it to you. You gotta ask him for it. You gotta ask him for it. And the reason that God has set this principle up where he says, I'm not just gonna give you wisdom, I want you to ask me, seek me for wisdom is because God wants a relationship with us. But man, Mark Holmes is too often guilty of trying to do life on his own. And so God can use trials to remind me that I cannot make it without him. And I gotta lean into him. And I need to ask him for wisdom. And did you see that when you ask God for wisdom, what will God do? He will give it to you, right? God will give it to you. If you need help, ask God, and God will give you what? Help. If you need wisdom, ask God, and God will give you what? Right? See, some of us are having a hard time believing this because when we're in trouble, here's what we do. We say, I'm asking God for help, and the whole time we're asking God for help, here's what we're doing in our mind. He ain't gonna help me. God ain't gonna help me. God's not gonna come through. I better have a plan because God, sure is not, God is sure not gonna be the one to come along and help me. And listen, when all of a sudden we miss the wisdom and the help that God wants to give us, it's because the entire time we've told him, you're not gonna do anything. And so he says, okay, I won't. But we need to ask God for wisdom and believe that he's going to give it. But the next thing that James tells us to do, if we're gonna have joy, we need to trust in God's resources. Believe that every trial has a purpose. We need to ask God for wisdom. And we need to trust in God's resources. I love what he says here in verse nine. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. What that means is simply this. Everybody look at me. You and I, we're gonna walk through situations in our lives where money, no matter how much or little you have, it cannot get you out of it. You and I, we're gonna walk through situations in our lives. It doesn't matter how well-connected we are, our connections cannot get us out of it. The only thing that we are gonna have to depend on is God himself. Man, when life is hard for me, here's what I like to do. My go-to response when life is hard, my go-to response when life is hard is just to fix it. Just fix, whatever fixing it looks like, fix it. Have a meeting, send an email, call somebody, make something happen, let's just fix it. And God just likes to remind me, Mark, there's times when you're gonna go through something, you can't connect your way out. You can't meeting your way out. You can't email your way out of it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are looking at me and you're thinking, listen, well, Mark, I've lived for a pretty long time and money's always got me out before. Mark, I've lived a pretty long time and listen, I come from a really well-respected and connected family. They've always helped me before. Mark, I've always been able to get me out of every situation before. Give me one example of a situation that money and my connection and my experience can't get me out of. Simple, you will die. You can't buy your way out of that. And, and you can't make a phone call to get out of that. You can't send an email. Every one of us has an expiration date. See, one of the things that God does in the middle of our pain and our suffering is God reveals to us what we really trust in. 
I love what David Platt says. David Platt says this. He says, trials will remind you that money can't solve your problems and all the stuff you fill your life with can't cover up your hurt. One day, all the stuff is gonna be burned in the fire and you're gonna have nothing left. Watch this question. Will your life be built on those physical resources or on the spiritual resources that only God can provide? Last thing, you wanna have joy in your trials? Here's the last thing and then we're done. You need to look at what you can't see. You need to look at what you can't see. See, here's the thing, Summit. Trials can take your job. Trials can take your health. Trials can take your family. Trials can take the relationships that are closest to you. But trials cannot touch who you are in Christ. Trials cannot take your eternal reward. Trials do not change the love of God for you. And trials do not change the fact that you are in God's hand no matter what you're going through. And so James says in verse 12, James says in verse 12, I love James verse 12, 112, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So in other words, James says this, in the middle of your trial, don't give up. Don't walk away from God. Don't kick God to the curb. Don't say, forget God, forget this church, forget faith, I'm done. No, remain steadfast. Hang on. Hang on. Endure. Persevere. That's one of the things that God wants to do in the middle of our trial is build perseverance and steadfastness in our lives so that you don't give up. So if you're hurting today, my word to you, man, is do not quit. If you're suffering today, my word to you is don't quit. If you've already quit, my word to you is that you are still in God's hand and there is always a way to come back. Say, how do I not quit? How do I hang on? One of the biggest mistakes we make in our life is all we do is look at what we see. All we do is look at the trials. All we do is look at the bills that are stacking up. All we do is look at what the doctor's saying. And faith is looking at what you can't see. Faith is looking beyond the physical into the spiritual to what you can't see. See, you can't see Jesus. You can't see Jesus right now. But, but the Bible says that one day our faith is going to give way to sight and we will see him. But listen, can I tell you that until we see him with our eyes, we have the promises of God that we can cling to. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've got the community of faith, the church, who can love us and challenge us and encourage us to stay in the race even when it's hard. So don't quit and don't give up. What if for every one look you gave to that trial, you gave 10 looks to Jesus? For every one look, every one sleepless night you gave to that trial, you gave every other night to Jesus. Jesus who suffered for you and didn't give up. Jesus who refuses to walk out on your life. Jesus who right now is praying for you. Did you know that? That Jesus is at the Father's right hand and he is interceding for us, the Bible says. And he's praying that we wouldn't give up. So give that trial, if you're going to give that trial one look, give Jesus ten. And look at what you can't see. So I want to say this. Some of you, you are hurting right now and you are about to quit. Somebody did something to you. maybe recently or decades ago. And man, you want to get them back. And right now, it looks like they are getting off scot-free and they're not even thinking about it. And you are still hurting. And you are so ticked off and you are so angry. And inwardly, you have already walked away and you've already given up. And can I tell you that if you give up down that road, you are not going to find what you are looking for. You want justice, God wants justice more. And God, listen to me, God will get the last word. But if you give up on him, you are not gonna find what you're looking for. So don't give up. You're walking through something. I I don't deserve this. Listen, listen, the one man in history that could actually make that cry on authority and it would be absolutely true is Jesus Christ did not deserve to suffer for Mark Holmes. And he did it anyway. The the most, the most deserving man of all praise and glory took on what I deserve. He became unworthy for me, for you, so that he can walk walk with you in the middle of your pain and suffering and give you every resource you need to not 
give up. Do not quit. God is faithful. God is good. You can trust him. You might not see him, but I promise you, joy comes in the morning. Do not walk away. Or, or you are walking through something right now. you got a diagnosis. Somebody you love got a diagnosis, and you don't know why, and you, you can't figure out it, and you want to get the why question answered. Can I tell you, God wants to give you wisdom. God wants to walk with you in the middle of that trial, but you need to come to him. You need to seek him. You need to fast and pray and lean into him. Don't let the devil and trials cause you to lean away from God. No, 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 no. In the face of it all, count it all joy and lean in and say yes to Jesus. Man, but I want to say this and then we're done. Some of our worship team, they're going to come out here in just a second. They're going to sing us a song and we're going to stand and we're going to worship. But here's what I want to challenge you to do. I know that when you get a group of people together, a group of broken people like me and like you and like all of us, somebody in this room right now, the brokenness of this world is making its way in your life right now. And I want to challenge you. I want to say to you today, man, do not walk through that alone. Here's what we're going to do. Our worship team, they're going to come out and they're going to sing a song. We're all going to stand up and we're going to sing. And as they're singing a little bit, if you are here today and you are suffering and you are hurting and you are going through a trial, I want to pray with you. In fact, I'm going to try to get some other people up here and we just want to pray with you. We want to love on you as a church. I want you to make your way out of that seat right now. And listen, you can tell, you can tell me or you can tell anybody else. You, can, you don't have to tell us anything or you can tell us everything. But we just want to pray over you. We want to encourage you. We want to pray God's promises over your life today. If you are hurting, if you are going through some kind of trial, I'm going to pray and as soon as I say amen, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And, as, and while we're singing, I just want to challenge you. You can come up here and pray. If you don't want to pray with me or somebody else, you can just come and get on your knees and pour your heart out to God and to seek God and to cry out to God. And God can begin to bring joy in the middle of that trial. Do you stand with me this morning? It's all staying. Let me say this. Let me say this. This is not the end of the service. So don't think now's a good time to get out of the parking lot and get to the restaurant. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. All the restaurants called and they all shut down. That's not true at all, okay? But, but li- listen, listen, listen. Li- let's all just worship and, li- and let's just see what God does in this moment, okay? Don't, I'm gonna sneak out early. Don't listen. Let's not disturb or get in the way of what God might wanna do. But man, if you are hurting today, if you're going through some kind of trial, I would love to pray with you. I'm gonna get some other people to come up. We just wanna pray and encourage you today to not quit, to keep going. God is still good. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, that, God, you would just move in this place today. There just be freedom. God, there is freedom in the Spirit. God, there is freedom. Jesus, as we gather in your name, where two or more gather in your name, God, there you are in our midst. And, Jesus, right now there's freedom for us to just admit, I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through something. I'm walking through something. I'm hurting. And, Jesus, I pray that, God, in the spirit of that, that people would just come up right now, one person or hundreds of people. God, everyone would come anyone who is hurting, anyone who is walking through something right now, that Jesus, they would just say, you know what, something's going on, and we would just love them, and we would just pray with them in these last few moments as we sing today. God, I pray that you would move in this moment, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand, we all stand, there we are. We're gonna sing, and uh, man, I wanna challenge you to come up front and respond, man. I'd love to pray with you this morning if you're walking through something. Come on, let's go, right now. Oh, let this be 
Nobody move. Just keep praying. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes here with me this morning? Would you just do something for me? Maybe you didn't come up front here today, but if you are here today and you are hurting, you're walking through some kind of trial, just raise your hand this morning. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand right now. Amen. 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 You know what? If you would, if you would right now, let's just take just a moment and do this. We've done this from time to time. If you, are, if you just raised your hand, would you raise your hand again? Say, I'm going through something right now, Mark. Would you pray for me? Raise your hand. I want everybody to look. Would you just go to these people right now, lay your hands on them and pray for them? Would you just go, make your way out of seats? Go, go right now, go. Go to somebody. Just go to somebody right now, say, and, and just go up and pray for them. You don't have to know anything about their situation or even know them. Just go to them right now. I want to see everybody that's named Summit, Summit to move. All right? Go to somebody and pray for them right now. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for them. If their hands are up, I just, want them, I just want somebody praying with them and for them. There's hands up right over there. Hands are up there in the back. Somebody make their way to the back. Some summit people make their way to the back here. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Just move. Just keep your hand up. Some, I want somebody to come to you. You don't have to tell them anything. You can tell them whatever you want. Somebody's coming to you. There's people making their way to the back right now. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Let's just keep this going. Father, I, I just, I pray, God, I pray, Jesus, in your name, in the power of your name, Father, every hand that went up, God, every trial, every hurt, every suffering, God, that we are, that people are experiencing right now in this room, I pray, God, that you would just drive home into every heart that James 1, 1 through 12 is true over them right now in Christ. That God, trials, 
trials. God, the enemy does not win in anyone's life here today. Father, every promise of God is true in Jesus' name over all of your sons and your daughters right now in this room. Father, in Jesus' name, you've said we are more than conquerors. You've said that, God, you work all things together for the good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, you have said that you are with us and you will never forsake us. Father, you said that our future, our inheritance, is one where there is no pain, no death, no suffering, and no tears. God, that is where we are headed, and the enemy can't change that. Our past, our present cannot change that. And Father, I pray, God, that you would change the situations that are represented right here. Heal these families. Provide where there needs to be provision. I pray for heal, healing over disease and sickness. God, I pray that you would move in these trials, and God, you would change those situations. But God, in the middle of those trials and those situations, that Jesus' faith would thrive. Faith would grow. Faith would not falter. It wouldn't fail, God. It wouldn't get weaker. The enemy wouldn't have a, de- a defeat, a win there, God, but that, 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 that Jesus, you would be the victor there and that our faith would thrive and grow even in the middle of pain and suffering and loss. Whatever that is, Jesus, whatever that is, do not let anyone go. Do not let anyone go. God, you hold your sheep. You know them by name. And so, God, I thank you for that. I think that's our hope. I think that's our refuge. That's our rock. Thank you that the enemy is defeated. God, we cast out, we rebuke everything the enemy tries to put into our lives, into our families, and in this church. God, it has to flee in Jesus' name. Jesus, you are alive and you are victorious, and we love you. We ask all this in your powerful, strong name. We believe it. We believe what you've said. We believe that you are at the Father's right hand, that you intercede for us. We believe that your blood has made all things new. We believe that we are yours and that hell cannot separate us. Death, disease, suffering cannot separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We believe that today. We, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's praise God just as an act of faith today, just to say, God, we believe it. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. Man, praise God for today. Praise God for this. Now, here's what, I, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, you can make your way to your seats there. You can sit down wherever you're at. Just go ahead and grab a seat really quick. Um, and uh, I'm going to give you a few moments. We're going to fill out our connection cards and And here's why I believe those are so important today. Man, I want to know what you're going through. We want to know what you're going through. We really are going to pray for you tomorrow. So you can grab that. So everybody just go ahead and grab that card that's there in your seat. Um, And and hey, if you're not not walking through a trial right now, uh, we're going to pray because one's probably coming. And so, uh, because the world's broken. And so, but... Uh, man, if you're walking through something, let us know. Put it in your prayers comment section. Let us know. Put those cards in the offering basket in just a moment. Just don't walk through it alone. Worst thing you can do, worst lie you can believe from the enemy is that you're alone and nobody cares. You're surrounded by people who love and care. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Amen? amen. I'm going to do it to the back section says amen, all right? I love it. I love it. Hey, our ushers are going to come and get in place. We're going to receive our offering. Uh, so you men and women who are helping with that, you guys can come on. I'm going to pray for our offering here this morning. God, I, I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to give because you're a giver. That's why, that's why we do this. We're not doing this to try to get you to love us. You already do. We're not, trying, we're not doing this to try to earn your favor. Uh, in Christ, we already have it. We're not doing this to buy our way into heaven because you can't. Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with you. And because of what he has done in our lives, we freely give. We give our lives, we surrender all to you. This is a reflection of it. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can go ahead and start to pass those baskets around. Thank you, those of you who have already given online. If you're doing that, if you haven't, uh, not prepared to give, you can give online. Um, Here's what I wanna say to us uh, today. Uh, As we're receiving our offering, uh, a couple of things. One, students tonight's on regular time. Everything's regular time tonight. So 5.30 middle school, 6.30 high school. Middle school, high school students, be there. Tell everybody that you know uh, a couple things. One, last week, 
We saw a lot of people step up and give to help purchase chairs for the building. Um, if you want to do that, you can continue to do that. Uh, hopefully here in the next couple of days, uh, you're going to see some pictures of chairs in that building. Guys, we're getting real close. Maybe we'll have a, a really good announcement for you next week about some things. Um, but, uh, but just continue to give. Thank you for your generosity. And um, I want to say this to you. Uh, today, uh, we started the series in James Beginning tomorrow in the Summit app in the devotion section, we're putting some special devotions in there to help you go deeper in that. If you open up Right Now Media, uh, Summit Community Church has a page on Right Now Media. You can go there. We've put some stuff in there for you for this series. So make sure that you check that out. You can get access to all that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Download the Summit app and uh, uh, it'll change your life. And so, uh, so, yeah. Hey, everybody stand up. Look at somebody. Say, see you next week. Summit, love you. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. Hey, first, second time guests, make your way to the welcome table. Hey!